facing men today, uh, I sum it up with the statement, you cannot give what you do not have. And so many men are trying to give the blessing that they do not have and have never received. And it's a generational issue that is developed into right now a curse across our nation, resulting in fatherlessness and broken homes and a culture of pure catastrophe right now. Welcome to Act Like Men, Men's Leadership Podcast. So great to have you join us again today. We appreciate it. You're the reason we exist, and we do it because every man deserves this opportunity to become an authentic, biblically-based man of God. Again, my name is Wendell Morton, the Executive Director of Men's Ministry Catalyst. I was my co-host, as always, Dale Udy. Dale, welcome. Hi, Wendell. Always good to be with you, and I'm looking forward to part number two with Dr. Stecker. Absolutely. Our guest in the voice you heard as we opened is Dr. Chuck Stecker. I introduced him last time. Distinguished military career, spent time in Promise Keepers. That's where he and I connected. And then now has his own ministry called The Chosen Generation. And he really focuses on intergenerational, breaking the, helping the curses be broken for followers. That's a, a great, great ministry. Currently serving as a teaching pastor at Summit, uh, a tremendous church in the Denver metro area. And Chuck is being used tremendously by God Almighty. Chuck, welcome. Good to have you here. Thanks for being back for part two. Wendell Dale, what an honor to be with you. And thank you for uh, for having me back on this very, very critical issue that we need to address. Yeah, we didn't want to leave it open uh, with after episode one, because that really just talked about what the issue is. And many men not just know it, but they feel it and it drives their life. We talked about Medicaid and we talked about other illicit ways to try to fill that that void in our life. So, Chuck, today we're talking about good news. This is great news because that void can be filled. That father wound can be healed. And we can begin to break some of the curses that we're dealing with as a society today and as a church as well. So, Chuck, welcome back. Talk to us about uh, what's the antidote? We talked about the problem. It's a big one. What's the antidote? Well, you know. In that first session, Wendell, Dale, we talked about, you know, Esau, when he couldn't get the blessing as the oldest son, and he cried out to his father, don't you have anything for me? And his dad said, eh, sorry, I gave it. But here's what happened, and let's get the biblical basis. We go from that where the oldest son in the family was the one that received the blessing. Then we come to a man named Jesus Christ, mm. and it, this, the father blessed him, and remember, he was baptized the Holy Spirit descended, but the words came from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Yeah, and wow. so with that, we see this transformation that the blessing goes intended in the Old Testament, in a sense, old oldest son, to where Jesus Christ is a co-heir, he says, hmm. with us. And that co-heir means Every single one of us are not just entitled to, but our spirit cries out, bless me, Father. And you know what the Father does? The Father, through earthly fathers and spiritual fathers, see, we're the conduit for that. We bless our sons and daughters. 
and we talked about that first session, in knowing that you are beloved, and to mm. say that you are my beloved son, I've yeah. said it, Wendell said it to his son and his daughter, yeah. Dale, you, yeah. you are my beloved son, you yeah. are my beloved daughter, and what we want is for them to understand, it's not about what they do, right. it is who they are yeah. Yeah. that draws us spiritually and connects us, and that is what we bless, who they are, and that is what's important, and that can be done, and we can talk about that. That's great. Now, the first session, you asked the question, what do you have to do to earn your father's approval? Here, the question is, what don't we have to do? In other words, we don't have to do anything to earn our father's approval, our heavenly father's approval. And that is just so contrary to America, number one, and then to what we think we have to do, because children are taught they either get the, the approval or the disapproval based on their behavior. So it's a natural thing. And as a child, that, that helps corral the, the, the behavior. But behavior is not what we're after. We're after a transformed heart. So what do we need to do, Chuck, to, to walk through that? If I'm an earthly father, what are, what are some of the things? Or how do I need to receive it from my heavenly father? Hmm. Well, you know, one of the things on this, Wendell, and boy, I just I love what you've said there. And uh, but that fact that, you know, what did we do for approval to make our father proud? And we realized it was never good enough in most cases. You know, in that previous session window, you brought up the term Medicaid. And so part of it is, is we have to identify what the wound is, not the symptom. OK, right. And, this, and the wound is the failure of the father to bless. And I want to just tell you in some of the craziest ways, and I use the word insidious, that Satan uses what we intended for good and tries yeah. to twist it. Yeah. And let me give you an example here. And I, I work with fathers a lot. And as both of you men have done the same thing, and men's ministry catalyst is right at the tip of the spear in helping men address this issue because it is at the core of who we are. But you, you have to ask the question, you know, in, in this part here is, you know, what did you feel like you had to do to earn your father's blessing? But let's take it one more. When did your father tell you he was proud of you? Hmm. And here's the reason I asked that question. Was he only proud of you for what you did versus was he proud of you because of who you are? I just did this a couple of weeks ago at a church and talked through with the men on this issue. We don't realize that if the only time we tell our kids we're proud of them is when they do something good, we inadvertently have put them into yeah. a performance mode for our love, which means we put them in a performance mode for God's love. Uh, wow. Well, and they don't the understand connection. the word unconditional. Hmm. Talk about that connection, because I think a lot of people miss that, that hmm. how we view our father is how we view our heavenly father. Talk, talk about that connection. You know, we we brought this up in our first session, but it's so, so critical to what you men are doing. And what's happening is that we see our heavenly father in the light of how we saw our earthly father. So if our earthly father was a detail and he picked at every little thing, you're not wearing those socks with those pants, are you? That's how we <laughs> saw God. He picked at everything. And by the yeah, way, yeah. it wasn't just that picking. It resulted in we were never good enough. No matter That's what right. we did, we were going to walk in Excellent. and be corrected. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. 
It's how we see God. And if God was, our father was there, you know, I made the baseball game. I missed the entire season of seeing this. Never saw you take batting practice or anything. Then we see God is the same way. He's there for the big event. You know, he doesn't, he could care less about everything going on in my life. And I'm pretty much on my own. And then we see that with God too. And so it's not just, you know, everything in our relationship with our earthly father is a reflection of our relationship with our heavenly father. And until we get that right, okay, we're going to miss out on all that God has for us. Chuck, I know this is a a weekend seminar that you do to talk about the Father's blessing and that whole process and working with men as they work through that challenge. And we don't have a weekend. We got, you know, five or six minutes left. What uh, what are a handful of points that we can kind of hang on to and where do we go for help? Great question and right on the money with that. I think the biggest issue is for men as we identify I have this wound. Think of it as a medical condition. And it's time to quit treating the symptoms by achieving more, doing this. And so much of it is men turning to drugs in our country now where everything's legalized, you know, and so forth. To understand the need for a man, whether it's their earthly father or whether it's a spiritual father that stands in the gap for them. And so a lot of, and that's why Again, I've, I come back to what you're doing at Men's Ministry Catalyst, but helping churches develop this culture for both the sons and the daughters in this. Yep. So yep. I want to give you a couple of resources, you know, just to think about in this process. As you know, we did the book, Men of Honor, Women of Virtue, and many yep. people have used that, and that's available. The one on the actual blessing is Ralph Garborg. That book there was published, gosh, I think 30 years ago. It is probably the best book on understanding the power of the family blessing, the father's blessing. And then I just ident- I just passed this to two men at the church where I'm pastoring. And after speaking, they said, how do, how do we do this? Can I talk to you about this? And Jay Cookingham, another good friend of both of our ministries, did a 30-day devotion on sonship. I just worked yesterday at the church, one of the young men going through it. And he says, it's changing me just Uh to understand this. But the point of that is, let's talk in terms of what is a father's blessing? What is the blessing intended? And that was Gary Smalley and John Trent did this beautifully in a huge research. And it's really a PhD. And that's why I recommend the family blessing. But Mm -hmm. get this, it is a meaningful touch, a spoken word, attach high value, foresee a special future, and a commitment to that future. Hmm. And that's exactly what happened to me in my life as I was crying out, you know, and I, Wendell, you and I've talked and Dale, you and I have talked about this. You know, I'm, I'm in the Ryman auditorium, September, 1994, my first trip for promise keepers as a regional director. Of course, Wendell, you had the North central with all those States. I was right below you with seven States. And uh, we were joined at the hip in many of those. But in the midst of, with Oni Kirk, about 300 men just to come to pray, Oni stopped it. And he said, there are men in here still trying to prove and be worthy of their father's love and their father's blessing. And he says, something that God has given freely, you still haven't received. You know, at that point, you talked about, I had just come out of the military, you know, airborne ranger, all of that. 
I'm with promise keepers as you were at that time, Wendell, where we met. And I don't know what happened in that room, but I was really somebody. So you got to be careful of, you know, your impressions in a group. (laughs) And when he said that, he said, if that's you, just stand up. I have no idea what took place in that room around me. I stood up bawling like a baby. I mean, literally bawling like a baby at 46, 47 years old. And I had these images of trying to earn my father's love. I was sitting next to one man I had been given a contact on and met as we came in. He had introduced me to his pastor, Don Fento of Belmont Church. I looked down the aisle and Don Fento, about eight rows down, was sitting on the aisle. God led him. He turned around. He saw me. He walked up and he took me in his arms and held me like this little boy weeping and sobbing. Mm. And there, Don Fento began to pray a blessing over me as a spiritual Mm. father. I hadn't Mm. seen my own father in many, many years. My own father was not capable of doing that because let's go back. My own father could not give what he did not have. (laughs) And his heart was breaking to be the son. I would find that out later. Okay. I came home from that trip and I walked through the door. And my wife would tell everybody she knew when I walked through the door, something had happened. Hmm. She didn't know what it was, but she knew this. I was different than at that point than when I left for this trip. Hmm. There are so many things in terms of the stories, but it's that element that of touching, speaking a blessing and the words come out loud to be heard. And you know, those three there, you know, attach high value, right? You are valued because of who you are, not what you do. Two, foresee a special future. You know, God said, for I knew you before I formed you in. God's got a special future for all of us. And every person, male or female, needs a father to say, you have a special future. You're not here by accident. Hmm. Right. And then a commitment right. to that through prayer and, and so forth. And I will, you know, I'll, I'll pause for a second, but then there's another story that tells you this is a generational curse and an issue that can mm-hmm. be broken by spiritual yeah. fathers and fathers when they realize yeah. you cannot give what you don't have. So you've got to have this to pass it on to your own children. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened in my life. Okay. Amen. Chuck, Chuck, here's a big question. Is it ever too late? Do we ever, is this something that that loses a a spot in time and it can never be recaptured? What's your counsel to somebody that says, I'm 80 years old or 70 or whatever? What do I do? Dale, what a great question. The answer, first of all, is simple. It is never too late. If you think and go back to the parable of the workers coming into the field, remember? And so he sends out the people. They come in in the morning. He says, I need more. They come in again. Then he sends more just before it's finished. And they all get it right. And, you know, Jesus is using that parable to say it doesn't matter when you come. Right. You still get it. Full wages on that. But what he was referring to was the salvation. It's never too late. And I can give you personal examples. One church where the pastors are in front and we've given the invitation for all of the, before we do the rite of passage, this lady was in her mid eighties and she comes forward to a pastor that's in his late twenties 
and he's unsure. He says, "Did he's thinking maybe she didn't hear the truth? You know, she's okay." And he says something to her, and she goes, "Pastor, I know exactly why I'm here. Now pray over me." Uh. And I mean, you see this dynamic. You know, there's a movement. I read this article some time ago because there is the bar mitzvah for the Jewish young men. Well, in 1947, really, it became public in a bat mitzvah that went for the ladies, right? And it was a rabbi in New York. But there are so many older women that never came into this. And they're in Florida. And there's this whole movement of women in their 80s going (laughs) to the rabbis saying, we didn't have our rite of passage. Mm. We need to be blessed, right? And boy, you see this throughout all cultures. I witnessed this in the crazy enough, the Navajo Indian Reservation, where there is a huge blessing for the women still to this date. There is no rite of passage and blessing for the young men. And you look at what that's done to the Indian cultures with alcohol and so forth. You know, most of our Indian tribes right now are governed by women. And I mean, you just see these things so forth, right? Yes, it can be broken. It does not matter the age. It's never too late with God. And that's why we need we need our men to realize this. We need our men. I will, we did a rite of passage. There was a young man, 15 years old, went through, and his father called him out, but was weeping so much. And I, I'm not going to break in just in terms of time. But then at the end of that, the pastor gave the invitation to all of the other men, if you've never known this blessing right? Just step out. It was a January in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. It was snowing. And almost half of the men stepped out to be called back in and received and blessed as a man. Mm. And the following on the Sunday, and the first guy to come through, I call him my Italian stallion, came through. And when he knelt down, crushed to the floor, and as the pastor was to pray over him, one other man blessed him. Well, the other man was a 15-year-old who was his son. He draped himself over his father. And his prayer was, now get this. This was 1997, January. This young man cried out, Father, you know how long I've waited for this moment. Mm. And he prayed a blessing over his own dad. But the following on Sunday, preached in that church, little gal comes up. Tears coming down, huge smile. Turns out it's the mother of the 15-year-old, the wife of the man. And she said, can I talk to you? And I said, absolutely. And she starts crying, but she's okay. And she said, I don't know what happened on that mountain, but I know this. I sent two boys to the mountain, and God sent me back two men. And she just wept and just held. It is never too late mm-hmm. to, you know, that the crying out to be blessed by your father. And in this case, because fathers don't have it to give, sometimes it is literally men having to go back and bless their own father in yeah. this part and leading yeah. them into it. But we can break yeah. this curse. We can break this curse and reestablish true masculinity as sons of the king who can bless both their fathers, bless both their sons and their daughters in the process. Amen. Powerful, powerful story. And hope giving. That's the big key, right? There's so much hope. The need is great. The hope is greater. 
Yeah. And so we thank you for that. That's awesome. Chuck, thank you. You've been a major blessing and absolutely necessary for uh, what we're trying to communicate through this ministry, but also to the men around us who may or may not be a part of uh, what we're trying to accomplish. But the, the core of what we need to be doing as men is to be blessing other men who have never had a blessing. Uh, that is, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter your title or lack of. We, do, we know there's men that have deep, deep holes and wounds in their life that absolutely need a touch of a man who can bless them with the commitment to not only see a future, but to, to be involved in that future and to give them their worth and their value. Sometimes we have to receive it from somebody else. So thank you, Chuck. Fabulous. Any last word? I, I do. I, I want to tell pastors and ministry leaders out there yep. how important it is for our churches to take the lead on this. I know, Wendell, with Men's Ministry Catalyst, that the, the effort there to help churches, and this yep. is a critical element. And so I know because the number of pastors that have never received that blessing, they are struggling with, how do I do this for myself? How do I do this for my men? Yeah. And I, I want to give a shameless plug for Men's Ministry Catalyst because you help churches transform culture. It's not an event that you do. And if you're a pastor or a men's ministry leader and you're sitting there saying, this makes sense, what is my move forward? What is my next step? I will just tell you this. Get a hold of Men's Ministry Catalyst. This is something they do that God has empowered them to do in such an incredible way. You need to do this within our churches and our ministry to and through men. That's what's important. We can fix this and submit it to God for the healing of the Father's wound by a spiritual father or a heavenly father that touches men. Amen. Thank Good you, pleasure. Chuck. Thanks for the plug and the opportunity to plug and the opportunity to uh, to be able to, to be involved in men's lives in a special way. Men, thank you for joining us today. You are the reason we exist. I say that over and over, but we don't do this for us. We do it for you. We thank you for it. Uh, wherever you consume this podcast, please let us know how the feedback is what we can do to uh, to better assist you in your journey. Remember, this is launched the first and third Thursdays of every month. And again, just a reminder, we do it because every man deserves an opportunity to become an authentic, biblically-based man of God. Until next time, God bless you.